0: Luke.
1: Hey, how you doing? Good. How you doing, buddy?
0: I'm doing well.
1: First of all, first of all, before we get started, thank you very much for coming on in such a short period of time. I know it was like recent. I was just like, hey, can you come on? And you were just like, well,
0: that's that's the best way to get me. You never know when I'm going to have a a free minute. So that's usually the only way anybody gets in touch with me is (laughs) by catching me off guard. So that's the way to go.
1: thank you for taking your time and uh, being on the podcast. Um, Let me tell you a little bit about the podcast uh, so you can be familiar of what you're getting yourself into, you know? (laughs) Sounds good. (laughs) Uh, uh, The podcast, uh, what what I'm trying to do here with this podcast is I'm trying to uh, interview upcoming entrepreneurs. Um, Usually when you see an interview on YouTube or anywhere, any podcast, uh, they're already giants. They're already great. You know, they've made it already. And so my goal is to interview the people that are on the grind right now, in the struggle right now uh the objective is to have other people listen to it that can relate hey you know what i'm doing and i'm in that struggle right now so if he's still fighting that means it's something normal i'm on the right path kind of a kind of a thing you know
0: yeah i love that and I, I think that's that's something we need more of um you know it's uh there's a lot of lot of uh entrepreneurs i follow that have made it and the ones i enjoy the most are those that i can relate to you know, I'm a dad. Um, I've been I've been grinding out for years. Um, <laughs> I'm kind of uh, I'm I might be a more of an old dog in this group. You know, I'm I'm in my I'm in my 30s. Um, I've had successful businesses of my own in the past, and I've kind of gone through my own um, my own ups and downs throughout yeah. the years. And it's it's changed. You know, your life changes. You have families, and you know, and you, yeah. you're... Your direction changes, your wife's direction changes, and you have yep. to. And uh I, I love to share my experience and kind of what I'm up to. And yeah. And, yeah, if,
1: if you can actually start off with telling us a little bit about you, you know, so that way uh they know who Luke is.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I so I mean, I've been a hustler my whole life. Um I started uh I started hawking soda at my mom's rummage sales. She was, okay. uh, she was kind of a legend in the neighborhood when it came to rummage sales. <laughs> um, <laughs> we, we'd commandeer our yard and the neighbor's yard and the other neighbor's yard. And it would be, you know, a three or four day thing. And, uh, that's where I really got started. I started hawking soda. Uh, I thought, wow, okay. we have all this soda. And, uh, I was about five, maybe six. Oh, okay. um, <laughs> and it was hot. I lived in Wisconsin, um, Ooh. And, you know, it was a scorching hot summer in the 90s and really high humidity. And I thought, you know, I, I've got all this soda. Maybe I can make a buck. <laughs> so that's what I did. I think I, I think I made 20 or 30 bucks in a day, you know, selling 25, 50 cent sodas. <laughs> and uh, I was hooked. I, I've been doing that ever since my whole life. You know, I've, uh, I acquire things at rummage sales for other people. Uh, you know, I, I'd go to, uh, I'd sell fireworks when I was a little kid. Um things like that, things where I could get a hold of and other people wanted i I'd always do that and uh eventually um I was a good student, you know growing up. I had really good grades, I could have gone to uh just about any school I wanted to, but I decided to take a a different direction because none of that appealed to me. um I had friends who had spent four or five years in a two year community college. Okay. Cause I don't have any direction and nothing appealed to them in that, uh, in that range of uh, education. And so I thought, you know, I don't want to get stuck in that. Um, I know I can make, I can make it for myself and I just need to figure out what that's going to be uh, that I'm going to be passionate about. And so uh, when I was, uh, I was 20 years old um, I had, I had worked some other jobs and kind of got a name for myself in the uh, transportation business. Okay. And, I decided to move across the country to Seattle. Um, I had about $700 to my name and (laughs) I didn't really know what I was doing, but I started a business for somebody else out there. Um, And in doing so, I learned, I kind of, you know, cut my teeth, um, learning how how a business operates and uh, knowing what to do and what not to do. Unfortunately, I had, uh, the person I had started this for was very, um, very untrustworthy. Mm. (laughs) And so I I ended up 2000 miles away from home and the closest person that I knew. uh, And I had to figure it out myself. And so I ended up starting my own transportation business. And, uh, and that was, that actually was pretty good. You know, I I did that for uh, about six or seven years and it it grew and grew, but it's a very cutthroat business. And what I learned over those years was, I'm too much of a workaholic sometimes and (laughs) I got got myself uh, too overextended in that business and I have have a big heart. So I like to help people out again a lot (laughs) and I did a little bit too much of that and put it on my own shoulders. So I ended up leaving that business and today I work for one of my customers out of that business as my nine to five Um, and I still do a lot of uh, freelance work in technology, uh, mostly with respect to communications equipment, networking, uh, and then also a little bit of social media. So uh, that's kind of my passion. And what I really like doing is just helping people. Um, and it's, it's something that I'm trying to uh, regenerate, so to speak, um, so that I can uh, pursue that as more of my primary income. Eventually, but I mean, I love what I do. Like my nine to five, I love my customers. The business that I work for is—I couldn't imagine working for any other company on earth, uh, other than working for myself again. So, <laughs> it's kind of a, a perfect combination for me there. And I'm currently in New York State. Um, I've I've since all these things have happened. I've gotten married and I have a child, and my wife is a resident doctor. She's nice. not going to make money here in like five years, but for now it's still just a glorified schooling, so to speak, kind of a friendship, I guess you'd call it. Um, so I'm kind of going through that. And, you know, I have these responsibilities right now where I can't, I can't just jump ship and shift gears. My family needs me. So I'm kind of hustling on the side. Like I always have been doing, you know I mean? Right now it's 10 o'clock at night and i'm able to do that because i've got my daughter in bed she's been asleep for a while my wife is out uh with a uh an event she had she's required to attend for school or for a residency um and you know you got to get it in when you can Yep. So, uh, that's a little bit about me i guess yeah
1: definitely i wanted to interview you because um uh, i've been like i've been seeing your stuff and i'm just like this guy I, I can relate to this guy you know same thing you know i'm 30 years old i turned 30 on june um i got my wife i got my uh my daughter you know and and you know i'm just trying to balance everything and it's not easy
0: no i mean absolutely not i mean there's uh a, a lot of people say that you should just you should just go for it and you you should just put your head down and And try, and you know, there's there's other uh, entrepreneurs out there and motivational speakers out there that'll tell you to just jump ship and do what you love. Um, But we we know that that's not reality for everybody. Yeah, I mean for I mean for me too. Like, you know, something I've learned since I've become a father is that really is the most important thing to me. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, (laughs) if all else fails and I can't eventually uh, work for myself completely. Um, you know, if I've got my family and I'm there for my daughter and, you know, and I can take care of those things, I'm, I'm completely happy. So, um, but those, those desires never go away. You know, you still, you still want to do what's your passion and what's important to you. And, you know, for me, the only, the only real struggle for me is I, I enjoy, I enjoy being in hundred percent total control. Um, That's, that's what I liked about having my business. Um, It makes you sound like an egomaniac sometimes (laughs) because I feel like I have all the best ideas. And (laughs) when I, when I, when it's not really up to me, whether or not you can implement and pursue those ideas, you know, in your kind of nine to five um, it's a little bit, I don't know, it's a little bit debilitating and it just kind of uh, just puts a mark on you, you know, and and it it just feels like, you know, I can do more. And the reason I can't do more is because it's not up to me. Uh, And that's something that I want to continue pursuing. I mean, that's what I do for my friends uh, in my freelance work because they trust me. Um, But the problem is I I work a lot and I have a lot of responsibilities. So I can't, you know, jump in with both feet, so to speak. Uh, 'Cause I don't want yeah. other people down either, you know.
1: Yep. And, and and the way I see it too is um uh you know I, I love Gary V, I respect Gary V. You know, he says, you know, give up your 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 20s, you know. And it all just depends. I honestly think it, it all depends on the situation of each person. Um yeah. if if you're that kind of person that, you know, all in work, workaholic and, and nothing else <laughs> matters, then by all means do it, man. Like I'm not saying no. But you gotta feel what's right for you you know as me as as a father i got my nine to five you know i got my my girl i got my wife i got my my side hustle um i'm gonna get there when i get there you know it's not it's, it's not gonna be, i'm not trying to become a millionaire i'm trying to get this financial freedom for my family but i'm gonna get there where i'm gonna get there i'm not gonna risk or or sacrifice the time i spend with my family to do it you know like i want to enjoy her growing up i want to see her growing up um and the business is gonna happen, it's just gonna take its time.
0: Absolutely. And you know, it's it's uh it's all about patience. I mean, we hear about this all the time that you know it doesn't happen overnight. Um and it doesn't. Um, so that's something I've kind of learned is when I was successful when I was younger, um, I didn't really listen to a lot of other uh other people's advice especially a lot of, uh, a lot of my, my elders that were in some of these businesses. And I made a lot of mistakes, you know, and I mean, I made big mistakes. Um, when I, when I was in my twenties, I didn't, I didn't put my head down and grind. I did during the day and I did when it was required for my business. Um, but I, I partied a lot.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I, uh, I was a, uh, I was a competitive pool player. So I I would spend about five to six hours a night um, playing pool. And that that was after my 12 to 15 hours of work. So you can add, you can do the math and figure out how much I used to sleep. Um, it wasn't very much, <laughs> um, but I kind of, I I missed out on that opportunity to start early and keep my head down. And I wish I would have heard that advice and taken it. Um, Cause I feel like I'm doing some of that now uh, I'm not, I'm not frittering away my time on silly things. Um, but on the, on the flip side, you know, it's all power. It's all part of the journey. Yep. I don't know. Like I'm, I've made some really big mistakes, you know, in my business, I, I came out of that business. It, it was uh, financially successful, but I, I made some really bad accounting mistakes um, before I got out of it and it cost me a lot of money. Um, it, 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 I had to pay for that for a long time. And those are types of things I wish I wouldn't have done, but on the flip side, I also feel like that experience is as important to who I am today as so, everything else. Yep. Uh, so I want
1: to, I want to go a little bit back. Uh, I, sure. um, you said that at five years old is when you started that mindset as a business owner. Yep. Um, I I work at a bank, right? Um, I get different kinds of customers. I got business owners. I get uh, you know doctors. I get you know successful people like in jobs, and then I get people that are have everything going for them, but are not. They say there's no jobs out there. Like, oh, I don't know. There's just no jobs out there, and I'm just like trying to trying to encourage them and trying to you know motivate them. Um, but uh, if you come across a person like this that that you know it's just. You know, you know, there's just no jobs out there. They feel like they they're entitled to something, and and because uh, because they were born here and uh, in the U.S. and um, but there's just no jobs out there. Yet they're not willing to look for the jobs. Um, there's jobs out there, but they're just looking for the high paying high paying jobs. They're not looking. They're not willing to you know go to McDonald's. You know, maybe mop the floor, clean the toilets. You don't even um, need
0: that go, You had you probably have a lawnmower. Walk yeah. up and. down the street like there's I have never been unemployed since I was I mean I didn't officially work any job until I was 11 and I have never been unemployed my entire life and it's not it's not because I'm special it's not because I have the best brain (laughs) and the best ideas it's because i don't i don't feel like i'm too good for anything there it is that that's the perspective people need to have like if you're having a hard time getting a job and things like that not all the jobs are working for a business not all the jobs are in the on craigslist they're not they're not on linkedin like they're your neighbor like your neighbor's got that shitty step on his porch and you know how to use a hammer and a saw and you have some wood like fix his damn step for 50 bucks. Like that, that's how you got to think. And I mean, there's, there's no shortage of work. Uh, there's shortage of desire.
1: Boom. My, I'm, I'm so grateful. And I, I, I'm glad you went through this direction because that's exactly the way I talk to them. I tell them about, you know, uh, this lady, um, can, comes from from Mexico, right? Uh, doesn't have a job, doesn't you know? Doesn't have papers, and she makes tamales, which are fucking amazing. Uh, oh she makes them, God. and she and she the walks the
0: other day, <laughs>
1: <laughs> and she walks to the apartments, and she literally yells out in the mornings, tamales, like she yells it out. People come out. She fucking sells the tamales. She makes bank. She comes into the bank. She deposits her fucking money. She's making money as an immigrant. Yep. And you know, it's like. Dude, like you can go to a fucking auction. You can buy a car. All you gotta do is just clean it up a little bit, flip it, boom. Dude, there's just so you can go I mean, to see, a Goodwill. See
0: that—that's the thing that people see. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna step that back a little bit. Is people get very um, disenchanted with the big ticket items. So, so the uh, people don't value that that $10 lawn mow, you know, that $25 car wash. Like they okay. think, oh no, I've got to, I've got to buy that $5,000 car and sell it for $8,000. No, you don't. Like mm-hmm. you need to cut six lawns today. Yep. <laughs> and that's what you need to do. I mean, I'll be honest. Uh, it was uh, about, I don't know. I can't remember three or four months ago. I was like trying to figure out what my hustle is going to be and like what I could do since I I relocated. I I was washing cars. I washed an RV for 300 bucks and I didn't have a, you know, reason to my name. Like nobody respected me as a car washer. And so like, there's ways to do it. Like you just need to not be shy and be willing to put in the work.
1: And and put your ego aside. Don't, Oh, I don't do that shit. No, fuck. No, you fucking do that shit because your family's got to eat period.
0: That's exactly it.
1: You know, there's a um, there's a, a girl. She's like 19 years old, I think, and uh, her business uh, is she cleans houses. So she goes to houses. She's like, hey, I'm gonna clean your house for free this time. If you like it, I, this is my my business card. Boom. She has. I don't know. I think she's had like 15 houses. Like she's like hustling. She's got workers. She's making money. She's traveling the world. It's like, don't fucking. Oh, I'm too good for that. No, fuck that. Go fucking talk to people figure out what you want to do what kind of value can you bring someone forget about the jobs of nine to five or forget about what can what kind of value can you bring to the next person you know oh someone's like you said someone's blowing their lawn hey dude it's fucking hot let, let me do that for you
0: yeah I mean <laughs> it's, you know? it's funny people people look at a lot of these jobs as if they are um, beneath them and ha- have you ever hired somebody to do that? Have you ever seen what it costs to pay them to do it? Yep. You're not beneath that. <laughs> like, yeah. you've got a like, if you've ever hired somebody to clean in your house, it's not cheap. <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> <You know? laughs> they're not. They're not. Uh, you know, they might be on their hands and knees scrubbing your baseboards, but you're paying them sixty bucks an hour. Mm. Like, that that's a decent wage for a, an uneducated, uh, technically unskilled job. Like, yep what's keeping you from doing it like don't be shy yeah and uh that that's really what it's all about i mean that's that's the entrepreneur mindset like if you don't don't have that mindset you know an entrepreneur is the the uh the the human embodiment of capitalism and capitalism is going to tell you what something is worth and you it does it for businesses. It does it for products. It does it for all that stuff. And it'll do that for you as a person. So if you aren't finding that job that you want, or you're saying there's no work out there, then your attitude isn't worth it. So you have already lost attitude and be worth it. Yep. So, I mean, that that's, (laughs) I tell that to people all the time. You know, I've got, I've got a couple of, uh, well one one friend in particular um he has uh he has a chronic disease um he's had it since he he found out about it when he was 18 um and it's it's held him back you know from probably achieving everything that he could have if he didn't have it um but and he, you know he goes through these phases where he has to have surgery because of it and things like that and it's uh it's a difficult recovery and he's lost jobs because of it, you know, but he's an incredible salesperson and he knows so much about these specific topics. And uh, I've, I've helped him hustle his way into uh, being as successful as he can be technically. Um, and it, that's what it's all about. You know, he gets, he gets unmotivated because the jobs aren't out there or, you know, he can't get landed job because he has this medical problem that could take him away. But then it's like, no, like I've got all this knowledge. What do I have that I can add value without requiring some business to, to support it behind me? Uh, And then he figures it out. Um, And and that's really what it's, I mean, that's what life's about. I mean, if you want to be the corporate stooge and put, make, get all your value from somebody else, um, you know, that that's fine if that's what you want. (laughs) Personally, I don't get it. Um, But I I think, I think that, that works for some people. Some people do just want to work for a business and that's just not what they're not valuing, you know, contributing in the way that entrepreneurs do. Um, But we all, we need all those people, you know, and just find out what works for you. I mean, it's, it's not really all about always being an entrepreneur either. Maybe you have some creative skill, And you just want to hone that within a business, you know, and maybe you can be that creative mind in that business and that's going to, you know, feed you. I mean, that, that's why I love what I do. You know, I mean, I would like, I, I would prefer that I owned the business I work for (laughs) so that I was in charge of all the decisions, (laughs) but I, I enjoy developing and watching my ideas, uh, you know, come to life and, I mean, I feel like I'm always adding that value. Like I wouldn't be there if I didn't think that I was bringing value to somebody every day.
1: What I say is um, if you want to work in corporate America, or if you want to work for a job, you want to have a career, that's fine. But have the entrepreneur mindset, act like the business owner in your job. My nine to five, I act like if I own the place, if I'm talking to a customer, I'm going to give as much value as I can to that customer because one, it's going to help them out in the long run. And two, they're going to love the, the, the coming to that branch particular because I'm there. I have so many people wait for me and I kid you not two hours. They wait for me two hours. I'm with the customer or you know what? I ha- I'm going to lunch. I have to go pick up my daughter. You want to come back? No, no, that's fine. Mijo. I'll wait for you. And I'm just like, wow. Like, and that's because of the value you give. You got to think like a business owner, regardless of where you work, or what you do, you got to give the best customer service. You got to give the best value. You got to, you got to first know that your, your product is the best, <laughs> you know? Yep. Yeah.
0: Right on. Yeah. I mean, you have to take pride as if, you know, every, every failure and every success of that business, you need to, you need to own that within yourself. So if, if there's a mistake made and it's by corporate or whoever, maybe somebody above you made the mistake, but it's affecting a customer, you need to take ownership of that. Oh, 100%. I mean, it doesn't matter. I mean, I deal with this all the time, and I'm in a pretty uh, sophisticated industry. um, I have pretty sophisticated clientele. um, And I I get into these spats with people all the time where they're like, oh, you know, this group of the company made the mistake and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, guys. Like, we made the mistake. We got to own it. We need to make it right. And we're going to do it as a team. Like, it's not about pointing fingers. Like, you can't, if you're pointing fingers within your business, whether you're an entrepreneur or if you're working uh, for a company, you cannot point fingers within your company. Like, anything that comes out of your company, whether it's from internal or an external vendor or anything like that. If it goes from you to the client, you need to look in the mirror. That is it. Like there's no, no excuses for anything whatsoever. I don't give a shit. If Amazon sent a package with prime two day delivery and then the package shows up five days late, Amazon has to own it, not UPS. Yep. Like that, that's, that's just the bottom line. And if you, if you, Go about your business and treat your customers that way; they are going to respect you so much more than everybody else. Because the world is filled with finger pointers, Mm -hmm. and the only you should never have the only way you point a finger is if you're pointing it in a mirror.
1: Yep, I love it. I love it, and it's so true. Sometimes, even sometimes, when you're working in 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 your job, uh, you might have to defend um, that belief that you're talking about against a manager or, or a supervisor. Uh, the reason why I say that is because it, it happened to me. Um, I took ownership of a, of a problem that a different uh, branch made, you know, and I was like, look, I'm going to be your banker from now on going forward. Um, I want you to come see me. I, I told her my team, Wells Fargo. Oh, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said the name. of the. Anyway, <laughs> Wells Fargo, <laughs> well, uh, the bank is, is amazing. All the team members are amazing, um, but I can't guarantee you their service. I can only guarantee mine. So I want you to come see me. Boom. She loved it. She was happy. She left happy. I told her I was going to take care of the problem. I went to the manager. I said, look, this is what the problem is. This is what's going on. And the manager's like, oh, well, she needs to go to that bank that made the problem. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, I'm (laughs) taking ownership. I'm, I'm, I'm her banker now. Like, she don't need to do nothing over there. Like, we're taught to take ownership of the customer's problem regardless of what it is. How how am I supposed to do that if you're not allowing me? And you know, we went back and forth and then she realized that she was in the wrong. Long story short, we took care of it. But sometimes you gotta stand up. You gotta stand up and speak. Don't be afraid for confrontation.
0: Absolutely. And I mean, if you're standing up for what's right and you know that it's what's right, um, regardless of the circumstance or the outcome, you're you're gonna gain a positive experience out of it. Like even if your manager or your superior, or even your boss is giving you negativity about it, Mm -hmm. um, you're, you're planting a seed, you know, maybe they're not going to take your advice and maybe they're not, maybe they are going to end up sending that lady to another branch, you know, in in a certain situation, but you planted the seed and, you know, they're going to remember that, you know, last time this happened, Eduardo took ownership and he wanted to do what was right for this customer, you know, yep. maybe we should have thought of, thought differently about that. You know, they're going to think about it when, when you bring it up. But if you don't, and if you just adhere to some policy that doesn't matter that was made because some idiots spilled hot coffee on themselves, <laughs> it's <laughs> nothing's going to change and nothing's going to get better. So it takes people speaking up for what's right. And and holding to it in in their own um, in their own morals, you know, and, and their own ways of working um, that affects other people, you know, policies are there for a reason, but policies aren't don't answer every question. They never will.
1: Yep.
0: You know, and, and there's exceptions to every rule, and I mean, any good manager knows that. Um, and you but you're going to have shitty managers, everyone. I mean <laughs> they're everywhere like <laughs> brown nosing can get you very far <laughs> Even when you don't know what the hell you're doing so i mean don't don't worry about those people i mean you don't you don't need to follow in the footsteps of people that you don't respect you know i mean yeah. sometimes you're beholden to them and there's nothing you can do while you're working for some business where they maybe they're the owner but you know don't don't set your own standards according to them you know set them according to you and what you know is right
1: yep okay look so i have uh two two uh two things in my mind uh that i i would like to in every podcast get the the two senses of each person but i you know there's just so many things going on but i definitely want you to speak on these two uh sure the first one is and I, I cannot stress this enough. These two things are like, I it's just big for me. The first one is taking 100% responsibility for your life.
0: You yeah.
1: Um, speak on that, man. I want people to hear from <laughs> others, not just me every time saying the same shit uh, over again.
0: Man, I, I've made a lot of mistakes. <laughs> I mean, I'll be entirely honest. I've. uh, <laughs> And I've learned to take responsibility. I mean, I don't, I don't think I've ever been in a position where I haven't taken responsibility for them. I've, I've tried to avoid them in the past and try to fix them before anyone figures it out, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I've never, I've never felt the need to, to blame others or blame even a situation on what I did. Um, you know, I, I, bl- I always blame it on myself in, in that, you know, I didn't adapt so you know, for for example, um, I uh, when when I ended my bit my previous business, um, I was I, I had a lot of cash laborers that worked for me, um, and it, it was a difficult business. And instead of me hiring out kind of the boots on the ground, I was always a boot on the ground, and I always tried to keep all the books straight and everything. And I made some mistakes um and it came back to bite me in the ass because i didn't keep all the good records of all those cash laborers that worked for me and all their 1099s and so on and so forth no. uh-huh. and uh, and i paid a hefty price i mean yep. a, a very big price and but i owned it and, but i mean it it sucked i mean yep. i i had to go through all kinds of the bs with negotiating with the IRS and all the stuff that scares the hell out of people. And I mean, it it took me, it took me four or five years to get to that point because I was afraid, (laughs) you know, and it wasn't that I, I didn't blame anybody else and I didn't blame the IRS or people for, you know, for, for for getting all this money in my business, nobody really teaching me how to run a business. Like that should be in high school. But, but, uh, I, I owned it, you know, and eventually, you know, I came, I had a, what I'll call a come to Jesus moment. And, uh, you know, I, I had, I had told my, um, my brother and my mom about my situation. And I said, you know, this is where I'm at. And, uh, I, I, I had actually gotten in the position that everybody fears, which is having your, uh, bank accounts frozen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And and you know that was kind of my my switch flip of the switch, and so you know I took ownership for it, and I I signed agreements, and I I paid that down for years and years and years until the statute of limitations came, <laughs> and it was a it was a long road, but I mean you got to own it, and I mean I, I get into I used to get into situations where uh, I would uh, like like I told you before I, I was a, a competitive pool player yep and i usually that doesn't usually mean tournaments on tv (laughs) (laughs) that means late late nights in the pool hall playing for two hundred dollars a game and that's uh i i've i i made mistakes there too you know (laughs) when i was up and coming at the time you know i i lost maybe three grand in a night or something and i would uh that would suck because I, I didn't make that much money back then. Yeah. and I would just have to work, bust my ass working and, and make it back and, and come back and do better next time. And, you know, I, I had, uh, uh, I also was a competitive poker player for a while, um, which I still love, but I don't play anymore because I know that it's just not good for me and it's not good for my family. So mm-hmm. sometimes, sometimes taking ownership means knowing yourself, and learning to have self-control and the willpower to be a better person out of it because you know those experiences taught me a lot about myself you know like i i still love poker like i i play poker for free when i can find a little bit of time which is almost never like i don't know (laughs) and i'm good i'm pretty good at it like uh I, every, every year or two, I convince my wife to let me play a tournament (laughs) and I I always cash or I always get to a final table or something like that. And it's a lot of fun. Um, But I know that it's not good for me and my family, you know, and I take ownership for the fact that, you know, that's a part of me, but it's part of me that I need to control and be a better person for, for my family, you know, and that's, that's, that's the thing. It doesn't really matter if you love something sometimes, sometimes what you love isn't what's good for you.
1: Um, uh, I, I definitely I agree with you 100% like um, what I realize is if you blame something outside of your control there's no way you're going to be able to fix it
0: yeah. smoking you know, is a great example like people love to talk about how smoking is so hard to quit because of nicotine and their friends and this and that I mean I was a smoker too back in the day especially when I played pool um you know you chain smoke while you're playing pool and i uh one day i, I quit and i just decided i'm not gonna freaking smoke anymore and I was, I was an angry person for months it's not easy to quit smoking like there's no patch there's no gum like deal with it yep. and there's a lot of shit like that in life yep and that's what it, that's what it all comes down to you know but
1: taking ownership taking control. Uh, taking responsibility is the only way you're gonna be able to take it. If you start blaming the government, you start blaming the president, you start blaming the the weather, you start blaming anything else that you can't control, you're pretty you already lost.
0: Yep, you absolutely.
1: You have to take hundred percent responsibility. Um, the other one that's like, uh, is a little word called luck. <laughs> um, it's funny because yesterday uh when spencer and i went to go see gary after we we're, i was like dude let's hang out let's let's eat a little bit we went to eat some chinese just you know t- talk a little i mm-hmm. recorded the whole thing it was funny because i was talking to him and i was like dude this is good stuff and i just got my phone and hit record and i was like dude just you know ignore it you know <laughs> and he's like it's funny because i do that too and i'm like oh well, i just want to record this you know so i got a lot of good stuff but one thing that stuck by me that i that it's always been and um is is the word luck um me and my wife are doing pretty good for ourselves. You know, um, the reason why I, I'm, I'm in this journey for entrepreneurship is because I want to get the freedom to be with my family. Financially, mm-hmm. we're pretty OK. You know, um, I'm, so, the same uh, I'm
0: in the I'm in a very similar position to you.
1: Yeah. So so that's that's the goal. I want to have the freedom so that, you know, when my, my daughter's older, she's she's at a, a gymnastics or whatever. I can go. You know, yep. <laughs> there's no job holding me back. Uh, but anyways, um, I've I've gotten this this dude, you're lucky, man. And <laughs> and uh, and, I'm, and in my head, I'm just like, you know, fuck you. Like, you don't know the fucking hard work I've done to get here. You know, um, I, I do believe in luck, but to an extent, like I always say, there's 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 things that I did in my position. I position myself to get where I need to be. I was telling uh, uh Spencer, you can't win the lottery without buying a ticket. You got to buy the fucking ticket, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know? So, when I met my wife, I feel a little lucky, but I precision myself. Just because I met her doesn't mean that, you know, she was mine already. No, I had to fucking do my fucking work. Hell yeah. You know? <laughs> it, it, it is what it is. Like like uh when I met the the, the first business partner I did with Amazon, Yeah, I was a little lucky because he was willing to teach me. But fuck no, I fucking positioned myself. I I got the knowledge. I was able to talk to him, communicate with him. He was able to see uh, growth in me. He was able to see a future. So he gave me the time of day. I fucking made it happen. You know, so luck is is a a word that I feel like everybody throws around just to say, oh, that's why you did it, and that's why I can't. And it's like, fuck, you do the fucking work, and you'll get it. But I'm sorry, I'm being all passionate
0: talk about it bro i mean that's the other thing too i mean so yeah you need to put in the work um to succeed and to a degree that works like some people are going to bust their ass their entire life and not make it and it's not because they're lazy you know um circumstance can definitely um impact how successful you become um however you know that those those who really grind it out and really work hard and stay focused and and don't make uh like but this is my whole thing is i really want to share a lot of the mistakes that i've made in my life like this is something i'm working on now um instead of instead of approaching things from a how can i monetize point of view or or kind of uh, narrowing myself into a corner of one's particular skill set I you know I realized that I I need to share my story you know and I really need to share my experience and help other people um be successful without falling into those traps
1: yep
0: um and you know for me like I get a lot of that too like my my family is not a well-off family whatsoever um (laughs) there's uh none, none of them are living in grand homes or in a great neighborhood or anything like that. And I mean, neither am I, I'm not like in, I'm not in Beverly Hills or something. (laughs) I'm not even in the nice Hills of necessarily the city I live in, but you know, I I have a pretty good life. You know, I, I don't want for anything, you know, I've, I have a good job and it pays me well. And I, I have job security. I get to work from home. I mean, I literally get to see my daughter any second of the day. I feel like it. I mean, I have it pretty great. But I position myself for this. Yep. Like I put in a lot of work. Like when I knew when I found out that uh, my wife wanted to go into medical school, um, I knew that moment that we would have to leave the city we live in. Um, And I was planning on staying there forever. <laughs> and I, that's how I positioned myself with my job. Like I, I was a, a very senior person. And I I thought, well, I, first off, I didn't go to college. I went to college when I was in high school, but I didn't get a degree because I wanted to become an entrepreneur. So I, I landed this job because they knew me because they were my customer for five years. And I thought, holy shit if we gotta go to BFE somewhere else in the United States, I'm gonna have a rough time (laughs) getting in, I thought you know, at the time, I don't think that's true. Um, But I positioned myself and set things up for this business in a way that I'm like, look, you can trust me to work remotely from wherever I am and you won't be able to tell the difference. And that's what I set it up and that's why it works. It doesn't work because because of anybody else. Like if I would have just continued my job and done the things the way I was doing it, and then suddenly I had to leave, I would have been canned. Yep. So I mean, yeah, I'm lucky to an extent that my yep. my boss bases my value on performance <laughs> and impact, you know. But I mean, those are very basic things. So I don't think I'm very lucky. I put a lot of freaking work into this. Not I got a lot of bumps. I mean, I, I I've been in the position with my business when I, when it was growing and, and when I was leaving it where I had to, I had to ask for a loan from a a close friend of mine, you know, to get through a payroll one week. And that, that shit is hard, man. You know, I I had a lot of money coming in at one point and then there were other times where I didn't and it's hard, you know, And, and you just, you need to grind it out and you need to put in the work and like there is luck. I mean, like I said, I played a lot of poker. <laughs> I, uh, I, you know, I played the those big buy-in, you know, tournaments for like two to five thousand dollars. And th- there's luck in poker, yes. But there's a reason that the same guys are in the money every freaking time. Like, they 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 position themselves in a way that when they're given an opportunity, they can take it. There it is. That's what you need to do. Like. You, so, and sometimes they're not going to work out. Sometimes you're going to take that opportunity, and maybe you invested that freaking money in a dumpster fire, and you know that that shit happens. <laughs> the, there's going to be times where you've, you're in that position, and you set yourself up, and you're prepared, and you can take that opportunity, and it's going to work out. And there's a lot more. There's a lot more of those if you're willing to to kind of uh, hone your mind. Along with your um, with your resources, because yes. you need to be able to make good decisions, and you also need to have the resources to take advantage of them. So, uh, I mean that that would be my <laughs> my response to the luck question is you know you you put yourself in a position, and you need to be able to take advantage when the opportunity comes. And a lot of people see that as luck, um, but we're talking you know the lottery is like one in hundred million people. You know, the things that are real pure luck. I mean, even the lottery isn't pure luck. Um, but those things don't happen um, often. I mean, I've I've played so many hands of poker, I don't even know how to count them all. And I mean, there's been a lot of times where somebody caught that one card on the river, which is the only card they could possibly catch to beat me. And it sucks. <laughs> but I don't feel bad about it because I got in that position where that guy only had a 2% chance of beating me. Like I'll take that position every freaking day of the week. And that's how you become lucky is you put yourself in that position over and over and over. And eventually it's math. (laughs) Statistics work out pretty damn good.
1: Yeah. uh, You said it perfectly. uh, Opportunity, you know, um, I heard this from Les Brown saying, uh, it's better to be ready for an opportunity and not have one than to have an opportunity and not be ready for it. 100%. You always have to be fucking ready, man. You have to be ready. A hundred percent you have to be ready, man. So um, how how would you be ready? Uh, read books, man. If, if, if you need to read books on psychology to, to have a better mindset, read books on that. If you need to develop yourself, read books on that. Whatever it is you need to do to be ready, you got to do it, man. If you want to do um, real estate and you don't have an opportunity yet, be ready for it. You know, like fucking read. That's, that's the fucking grind that nobody sees. That's what I fucking do every night, 30 minutes while my baby's sleeping, 30 minutes before I go to sleep, I read. Because maybe I don't have the opportunity now, but it's going to fucking come. And when it comes, I'll be ready. And that's when the people say, oh, you were lucky. No.
0: Exactly.
1: I myself in that
0: that meeting and you're going to have that, that grain of knowledge to share that nobody else has because they didn't read about it. You know what I mean? It's, yep. Those are the things that make the difference. Like that's yep. how you make the sale is that moment. Like the sale isn't your, isn't always your whole pitch or your value proposition or your ROI or all these things. It might just be that one grain of knowledge that you share that nobody else did.
1: Yep. I love it, man. I love it. man. Um, you have a wife and a beautiful little girl, right?
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, that's beautiful wife too.
1: A beautiful wife. Too. <laughs> I, I haven't seen her, brother. I just seen your little baby girl on, on Instagram. Um, yeah. So, how old is your girl? Your your daughter? She just turned
0: eighteen months.
1: Nice, nice. Yeah. Um, I've seen that you've been, you know, putting in the workout. Uh, that's what I've been trying to do too. You know, I'm trying to uh, do this dad bought fitness you know you did tell me a little bit something about some ideas and we're definitely going to connect on that um, yeah
0: I used to be a tri- I used to be a amateur triathlete at best <laughs> oh, yeah. I uh I did a couple of triathlons and I, I just loved I loved it. it was fun um but I I, I can't swim worth a damn <laughs> de- I've always been the last person to finish the swim. So I'm like that guy out there that everyone's hoping doesn't die and they've got like <laughs> kayaks next to him. Funny. <laughs> I get through. But so, yeah, I'm trying to get back in shape. Like this whole, you know, going from a job where I work in a warehouse, I have all these teams I work with and I'm walking around and I'm talking to them all the time and I'm doing a lot of work um, to working 100% remotely at home it's uh, taking a little bit of a toll on the body.
1: Yeah. So um, um, now we're going to speak to the fathers or the parents better yet. Um, They want to become entrepreneurs or they are entrepreneurs, but it's hard for them. You know, I know we speak speak a little bit about it, but there's got to be balance, but I want you to say a little bit more, man. Like how, how do you balance it out? Like, I mean, you got to give attention to your wife. You got to give attention to your girl. You got to make sure that you have time for yourself and you always got to be doing your work too.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not easy. Um, You know, I don't, I'm, I'm trying to think like you you need to be part part of it for me is, um, and this is something I'm trying to shift into more actively is you need to be able to get things done when nobody else wants your attention. So when your, when your daughter's asleep, when your wife's asleep, um, get up three hours before they do and get, get the work done, you know, go to to bed, uh, maybe a little later, maybe your wife wants you to go to bed with her, which (laughs) is the common discussion for us, you know? And I'm like, Oh, I got this to do. And I'm like, all right, well, I'll just get up at three instead of going to bed at midnight. Yep. So, um, those kinds of things, like, that's the biggest thing, um, but never for, I mean, then this is personally for me is like never sacrifice time with your child yes. because it's, it's just so, it's so precious. And like, there are, there are very few real emergencies, especially when it comes to work and even your side hustle that, um, don't overvalue the emergencies because, most often you can completely ignore them or come back to them maybe a half hour, or an hour later, and it's going to be no different. And it's not going to be any worse off than it was if you would have dropped everything and uprooted your life. So, I mean, pay attention to those moments and just don't, don't sacrifice them. You know, I mean, I, I, I have this happen to me. So I, I'm a very busy person, you know, particularly this week, I'm exceptionally busy. <laughs> I've got, I've got, two of my three person team out all week. So I'm, uh, I'm doing the job of three plus. So I'm, I'm constantly in demand and uh, I still have to take time for those moments. So, you know, I still, I could work from sunup to sundown and still have too much work left to do. Um, So I, I don't sweat it. You know, if when, when my, when I need to spend time with my daughter after the work day ends, I take those three, four hours and I spend it with her, you know, and I don't feel bad about it. I don't give a shit if my, if I'm, if I'm running behind on work or if I'm running behind on my hustle, like that's way more important. And I can't get that time back. There's always going to be more work to do. So never, never value the work over, you know, your lifestyle. Um, I love and it. Then, you know, you gotta, you gotta keep, you gotta keep the family happy. Like what is, what is the point of any of it? If your family's unhappy. Yep. Like is there? <laughs> I can't <laughs> no. think of it.
1: <laughs> no, no, no. I love it, man. I love it. Where can these listeners find you, man? Where are you more engaged? Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, yeah, uh, I would, musically. I would,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm trying to uh I'm I'm hitting the re- well, not the reset button, but uh I you know, I've been working on actually honing uh a couple of side hustles. And I've recently switched gears. So I'm going from working on those specific side hustles to actually working on myself and myself as a, as a brand. So uh, you can find me mostly on uh, Twitter, uh, Instagram, and, uh, and Facebook, uh, Luke Skiba at all three of those. L-U-K-E-S-K-I-B-B-A. Um, that's my handles for everything. Um, And that's that's where I've been. And also on LinkedIn, I'm starting to kind of get into the LinkedIn game uh, and I'm mostly trying to develop uh, articles for LinkedIn. Um, And because I just have a lot of these things and I have them all written down. I have a ridiculous idea board with like hundreds of ideas that I have that I haven't had opportunities to act on for posts and podcasts and all this stuff. So I'm starting to work on that. Um, and then I'm also going to be uh, making my website live in the next couple of weeks, uh, which Ooh. is luke.com. and I'm going to share all that on my other profiles. But social media is where I'm at. I'm pretty active, fairly active there when I can find time. This week's been a little bit quiet for me, just because of how overwhelmed I am. But uh, that's where I can be found anytime. And I, I love to engage with people, like if there's anything I can do to help anybody, or if they're in a certain situation and I can share an anecdote or something, I would love to, um, because cool. there's more, nothing more that I want to see is a, that other people can, uh, succeed more quickly by avoiding the mistakes that I've made yeah. or taking advantage of some of the, the great opportunities that I've had.
1: Yep. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much. Like this is so much value. Like, I w- I didn't know what I was going to I was I don't know what I was expecting but you went above and beyond what I I could ever imagine man. Thank you so much for coming on. I hope everybody that's listening gets value out of this. And I have one last question. It's uh it's kind of funny but uh you know just kind of, <laughs> of hang in there with me. Uh, Got it. The question is if tomorrow brother, if tomorrow you were to die and were reborn as an animal, what animal would you be and why?
0: Wow. That's a good one. Huh? What animal would I be? Huh? Jesus, that's, that's a tough question. Yeah. <laughs> you nailed you know,
1: every single question I gave you except for this one.
0: <laughs> honestly, I, I don't know if I could be very specific about it. Yeah. Uh, but I th- I'm pretty sure I would be a bird of some sort. Uh, okay. I'm uh, a, <laughs> I also love skydiving. <laughs> oh, wow. done it much since we moved my wife was a licensed skydiver so we've got a parachute in the basement no uh, way. yeah <laughs> so we both like like adventure sports um so i i would love man like flying has got it it's got to be like the most common awesome dream that i have is the ability to fly like if i could do that that would be amazing although i do still hate airport takes off takeoffs and landings <laughs>
1: yeah i'm pretty sure as a bird it's not as bad
0: <laughs> no no they seem a lot more graceful
1: <laughs> awesome and do you have anything for me or anything you want to recommend the listeners a book or something
0: the only thing i, I was thinking about throughout this podcast that i want to recommend is a uh, extreme ownership it's by jocko willink uh he's a ex-navy seal and Uh, of the dozens or hundreds of books that I've read, you know, mostly on business and, uh, you know, uh, self-awareness. Extreme Ownership is by far, I think, the most valuable of any book I've ever read Um, because it really centers you on taking ownership for all the actions that you make and all the actions around you that you're involved in. Um, I think if a lot more people had that perspective on their lives... Uh, we we'd have a much better world because a world without finger pointing. I think we get a lot more done.
1: Yep. Well, so. I love it, man. I'm definitely gonna. I have like now a list of books. It's, it's not funny. But I gotta get to it now. I gotta read crazy. But uh, thank you once again for coming on, man. It, it was a pleasure and a privilege. Uh, um, we gotta do this again, man. We gotta do this again, maybe in person.
0: That that sounds great. I will let you're you're in L.A. right? I am in L.A. All right, I I I try to get out there once a year, so I'll keep you posted.
1: Sounds good, Luke. Man, we'll appreciate it, man. We'll 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 uh, talk about the the side hustle where where you were, we're you're talking about, you know, soon.
0: That sounds great.
1: All right, look, we well, have a good one. Thank you.
0: Bye bye.